So um, is, there, is there a trailer for this? or uh, Yeah, go ahead and throw that up there and then we'll get started. This is music, Kim. I love that music, too. But we do what we do because he did what he did. Come on, somebody. Because Jesus did what he did. God did what he did to give Jesus. Jesus did what he did on Calvary. Then the Holy Spirit came. That's why we do what we do. That's why we are going to places that we probably in our normal minds would go, I'm not doing that or I'm not going to do this. But because of God, turn to your neighbor and say, because of God. We're going to do some things because God said, this is what we do. So how many here, if you were honest, if you were honest, how many here just love stuff? Come on, we like stuff. We like stuff. Even if you get, when, even when it comes to food, you like stuff. What kind of sauce would you like to dip your nuggets in? And they have several different kinds. And sometimes, well, like, ooh, I haven't tried that one. We went to Buffalo Wild Wings before, and they said, what kind of sauce would you like? And she ripped off like about... Ten sauces, and I'm like, whoa, 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 what? What was this kind? Oh, that is a, and then she'd tell us, and so we got to try like two or three different ones. If you go to Mongolian Grill, there's all kinds of different sauces. Okay, I'm off of food now. Let's go back to stuff of just, how many like, we like stuff. Somebody like fancy stuff. Some people like plain stuff. I like stuff because it lit up and had lights. I bought a stereo, a Pioneer stereo one, because it was cool how it liked the, the lights on it. How many like the dash of your car? I like to look. It's important to me if I'm buying a car. I like the way the dash looks. I don't want a dash that I don't like. You might say, that's nuts. Well, it might be nuts, but we like stuff. Fancy stuff, plain stuff, stuff that makes sounds, stuff that lights up, stuff that makes life easier, stuff that makes life fun, stuff that makes you feel like you're somebody. Some people just like stuff because it makes them feel good or people go, oh, look what they have. That's good stuff. (laughs) Friends have stuff that you might like or friends have stuff that you've never seen. And because you saw that, you're like, I need that stuff. They organize their stuff so they can get to it and make their job easier. They work smarter, not harder. Some of us make more room to buy more stuff. We talked a little bit about that last week. We got to figure out how do we get that stuff. And then Amazon.com becomes your best friend. You can buy stuff. And if you got Amazon.com Prime, shipping's free. And if you hit the button by mistake, you buy it. It must be God's will. You can put it in your cart and think about it, but if you hit that button, it's yours. God wanted me to have it. (laughs) 66 books in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. God talks about money and possessions over 2,000 times. He's talking about how we handle or what we do with stuff. 
When we're just a toddler, one of the first things that we say that's, that's kind of in that realm is one of our first words is mine. That's mine. You're not playing with it. Mine. We learn about selfishness at a young age. God speaks about stuff like that 2,300 times in the Bible. The number one thing competing for your heart, he knows, is usually money and stuff. So greed and pride. That's mine. The more, you know, you've seen the saying or the bumper sticker that, you know, everybody who has the most toys wins. We are all, uh, most of America is consumed about stuff, gadgets. Last week we talked about the scarcity mindset. You know, God supplies some things for us and then we consume it. We lack, we fear. Consume, lack, fear. And it just goes through this cycle and we live paycheck to paycheck in that. The scarcity cycle, and I'm going to say it twice, starts in your mind, not in your wallet. The scarcity cycle starts in your mind, it's not in your wallet. So we start thinking, Proverbs 23, 7 says this, They're always thinking about how much it costs. Eat and drink. They say, but they don't mean it. That's the New Living Translation. You'll understand this when New King James says, Whereas he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. So you see, every choice that we make can be traced back to our thoughts, what we thought about. I challenge you to ask yourself if you're thinking the right way. As I started preparing this message, it challenged me to, like, you know, we got to make sure we're thinking the right way. Let's look at what Jesus did when he fed 5,000. It was actually close to 20,000 people. So he's going to feed the equivalent, I love this, of an NBA stadium is the size of the audience. That's how many people he's going to feed. Mark chapter 6, 34 through 41 says this. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat. He had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. But Jesus said, you feed them. With what, they asked. We have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have, he asked. Go and find out. They came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. Now we go to 43 through 44, or move down a little bit. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. So I want us to think about this stadium full of people. I mean, if you can imagine if you've ever been to a a major event or a sporting event and seen a stadium full of people. It's pretty amazing. It's almost, wow, if you've ever watched Billy Graham on TV and seen the, the, the barrage of people just in a stadium. This is kind of what you're looking at, only they're on the hillsides all around. So I want you to think about the disciples. Now, Jesus has got 12 homies with him. He's got his guys with him. And then, you know, they've, they've been with him a little bit. They're, they're trying to figure him out. They're trying to... How many, if you were with Jesus, you'd want to be like, I want to do things like he does, but yet he still keeps messing with me. 
So he thinks about things differently than what the disciples are. So they're, they're in all this going on. They've already now approached him. So they've gotten together and they've went to Jesus and said, look, you've been talking for a long time. And it's getting kind of late. And they're basically talking out of their own mindset. I don't know that it doesn't record that any of the people are saying, hey, listen, when's this guy going to quit? Because you know what? Bob Evans is going to close. They're hungry. And so they're talking out of what they're, how many knows a lot of times we talk out of our, and we'll, we'll put this, there's a bunch of people, you know, usually a bunch of people is probably you and, oh boy, that went over well. But anyway, they're just, we need to, we need to wrap this up, boss, because we're hungry. We're kind of really out here in the boondocks. Let's let these people go. And Jesus says something. He says, you give them something to eat. And they said, with what? And he, he says, go see what you have. Go find out. Now, I've read this, this account. This particular miracle is in every one of the Gospels. And I've preached it. Uh, I, we've read it out of different ones. I, I'm doing this one. I've always done it out of another one. I'm doing this one because this one actually, you know, you can look at it either way. Because when everybody wants to know when the multiplication happened. One of the Gospels that portrays it happening in the disciples' hands. I've preached that before. This one particularly, I, I like this one because as it was brought to my attention by the Lord, this is really kind of happening in Jesus' hands. If you think about it, it's saying he keeps giving them bread. So it's happening, but what, the, the principle, I'm, we're going to talk about that here in just a second. The fact is, it's still multiplied, and that's our key. How did this happen? The disciples have a mindset of one way. We're very stuff-minded. We get upset when we can be put out a bit. It may cost us something. What's, what do I have to invest in this if I can't see the dividend on the other side? I want to know what, what it is that's going to happen. You see, God has a faith mindset. And, and if we would just understand, if God's in charge, how many knows his character will always take care of you? Whatever God is in charge with, if you're involved with that, it's covered. He's got you surrounded. But they had a natural viewpoint. But God has a supernatural viewpoint. They see numbers and mouths to feed. They are counting, all right, is this going to be separate checks? No, all on one. That's the mindset Jesus says. We got this. But they're not seeing that. They're seeing what they see, and he's seeing what it is. Jesus answers, you give them. Everybody say give. You give them something to eat. You see, and then their mindset goes back to money because they're, again, he's trying to teach them something. I'm, I'm going to pull this out so we're going to see this. He's trying to say, look, this is bigger than what you think. It's not everything that you see is the way it is. You need to understand in, in the kingdom when you're operating by faith, you can't see the things that you see. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. If you have to see it. Jesus is trying to say, listen, just because you see we have enough maybe for 10 people, if we have that, if we're skimpy, you can't see that. You have to see something that I'm seeing. That's going to take faith. 
It's going to take you going past your natural mind to say, God, how are you seeing this? Even if you don't understand, you're going to have to submit to the authority of Jesus. They go back to money. They say, it's going to take this much food. It's going to take this much wages. We'd have to work this hard. And see, that's the earth-cursed mindset. That is people saying, the only way we could make more money, the only way I can see myself out of debt, the only way I see this happening is i got to get my third or fourth job. i got to work three shifts. i got to do this. i got to do that. And it is just toil, toil, sweat. I feel like that. Toil, toil, sweating. <laughs> that's what I feel like. It's just, that's the only way we see, because our mindset is just built on that, labor. God's mindset isn't like that. And he's not against work. He wants you to work. But he is into multiplication. Jesus asked a question. And I want us to ask that to ourselves today. What do you have? Man, I'm, I'm preparing this and I'm like, oh, what do you have? Because what we do is we wait for some big shift to come in. Well, I'm telling you what. I watched the Little Rascals when my kids were growing up and when I was growing up. When my back pension comes in, you know, we wait for this big event to happen and then, and then we'll do that. You know, a lot of people spend most of their lives waiting for something. What do you have, he says? Go and see. Go find out. How many loaves do you have? Do you think, I mean, as I'm reading this, I'm thinking, you know, Jesus is, is God in the flesh. He knows how much they have. Do you think he does? I mean, I, he's not seeing like 58,000 camels come in with a whole bunch of food on there. Wait a minute, here they come. He knows, but he says, I want you to go see. What do you have? Are we willing to give up what we have that may be important to get what we don't have? What are you believing for? What do you have? They have five loaves and two fish. Two different mindsets we see going here. The disciples saw it through a mindset of scarcity. This isn't going to last. Look how many people. We don't have enough. There's not enough. It's going to run out. It's laughable in light of how much we have to how much we need. Have you ever been there? You have a bill staring at you like this. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm preaching to myself today. You got a bill staring there and you're like, it's almost laughable. I need this and this is how much I have. Have you been there? That's what's going on. But see, this is happening in food. It doesn't have to be food, but what, this is what I'm trying to tell you. The mindset is just consume lack, fear. Well, that'll be spent. Then what do we pay this with? Or what do we do with that? Once those 10 people eat that, what are these other 19,000 people and 90 going to eat? Scarcity. Some of us might be there right now. You start to get ahead financially, then something expensive breaks. A medical bill needs paid. The solicitor calls. Glory to God. It's ridiculous sometimes of what I need and what I have. But if you let that get in your head, if you let that consume your mind, if that's what you meditate on, that particular circumstance will begin to guide your mindset for the rest of your life. We need to break that. 
The enemy is going to tell you, you'll never have enough. And I'm here to tell you this morning, that's just not true. Jesus viewed this through a completely different lens. He saw the lens of abundance. And he said, we got, we got all we need. We got more than enough. Back at the end of the story, they're all on KP. They're picking up everything. They got 12 baskets left over. Everybody say leftover. You see, when God's involved, he's going to help you and you'll have more than enough. The disciples saw five loaves as not enough. Jesus saw as more than enough. It was plenty. Scarcity asks, what can I afford? What can I afford? Abundance asks, what do I have? Scarcity asks, what can I afford? Abundance asks, what do I have? Abundance people think that there's plenty more where that came from. This is who we are. This is what we do. And you might be saying, Brett, you know what? You are rocking my cage. Just sit tight. I'm going to rock it some more. Because God wants us to think different than what we do. If we keep thinking natural, that's why nothing supernatural happens. Help me. If you don't believe the dead person will rise, the dead person won't rise because faith without works is dead. Ah. We've got to start believing what God says. We've got to start saying, you know what? This is active seed. It will go out. His word doesn't come back void. I can believe what God says. If God put this in my heart, it's a done deal. I have to act on it. I have to trust him. I have to walk it out. This is what we do. There's a story of a mom who hadn't slept in a bed in four years. She's got children and she's never slept in a bed and she just didn't have the money. And then somebody found out, and this is a true story, found out that she didn't have a bed. And for four years, she'd been sleeping on the floor. She had gotten beds for her kids, and that's all she had the money for. These people had an extra bed in a guest room that was never used. And they decided, now listen to me, they decided, you know what? We're going to give her the bed. So they went over to the house, they took the bed, and they decided, hey, while we're at it, let's give her a dining room table. And so they gave her a dining room table and come to find out she has never sat down at a table in her home with her children since they've lived there, let alone sleep in a bed. So for four years, they've never sat as a family at the table. So they did more than the bed. They gave the table. So she was so blessed. She just couldn't believe that somebody would do that. See, sometimes we just think it's got to be money. This isn't always money. And this is what happened to her. She said to herself, she said, you know what? People have been, this is so good what God did. For, I want to do it for somebody. When I, when I finally have something, I'm going to do it for somebody else. She began to just thank God for that and then realized two doors down, uh, one of her neighbors had just had a baby. Matter of fact, the white baby's pretty cute. So there is a guest here today. The uh, the South baby. Uh, so anyway, back to I got my mind on babies now. I'm sorry. <laughs> so what she did is she said, "What can I do? What can I do? What now? Listen, what do I have? Go and see." She realized I got a rocking chair. I got other chairs. I don't have to have the rocking chair. The mother doesn't have a rocking chair to rock the baby, so she quickly took the rocking chair down and blessed the mother with it. That's what we do. We just start saying, God, what do I have? 
Some of us are just in this process of, we just are in the process of waiting. There's nothing wrong with waiting if God's telling you to wait, but sometimes we're waiting on that ship to come in and we need to be acting on what God is telling us to do. You have something. See, our mindset in the natural says, when my bank account's bigger, when I have more, I'm going to give more. I gave you the stats last week. That doesn't happen. Stats are this. When we make more, we hold tighter to what we make. They went from like way down for the 20, what, 2.6 or something like that. It was nuts from 2.8 to 2.6. We are lying to ourselves and we think, well, I'm just going to wait. And when I make more, I'm going to give more. No, you will not. My wife taught me this lesson because we sat in a uh, East of Chicago pizza in another town. And the waitress came and she's very nice and she, you know, started talking to us and she was telling us about all of the need. It was around Christmas time and she had kids and she was just believing the Lord to help her and she was trying just to make ends meet. Have you ever been there? And Kim and I had just saved enough. Now you might say, oh, are you kidding? But I'm serious. That's back in the day and we like we had enough just to go there and eat. And we hadn't, it's not like we got to go out to eat a lot. So I was pretty happy because it was pizza. And Kim turns around to me and she goes back to get our drinks and whatever. Because, you know, you're splurging if you can get pop. Because, you know, pop's going to cost you like two bucks a pop. No pun intended. By the time if you feed all, we tell our kids, you're drinking water today. You like water. I do. Yes, you do. <laughs> Squirt some lemon in it. Put some sugar. You're going to get some lemonade. Have a happy day. Because you got a big bill just in soda pop. But we were getting pop. She went back to get her drinks or whatever. And Kim leans over to me. She grabs my hand. She said, we need to really bless her. We need to tip her really big. <laughs> this is my mindset. I'm a disciple here. Woo! Really? I'll give her a tip. Hey, listen, just continue to be nice. God's going to help you. She's like, no, we need to give her. What do we give? $50 or something like that. I mean... You know, that was way more than what our, our bill cost, but we were saving that money and believing God for this and that, but this is what we this is what we do. So we blessed her. We left her with that tip to which she began to cry. Now we, I didn't tell you that to say, Oh, look at us, because I'm just telling you, I'm following her mindset was the mindset of Christ. My mindset was you know what I can do with that fifty dollars? Because we got kids, we got stuff, but you know what? The Lord, that year, God took other people that we didn't even know, kids and everything else. See, she hears me. Grandma's got her. And, and blessed our whole family. Took our family, and we didn't even ask. They took our family as a, I don't know, what was it? I don't know. They just, they bought our kids presents and everything. Another restaurant owner just came and said, we have adopted your family for Christmas. And I remember going, what? He said, we've adopted your family for Christmas. And uh, we found out all your kids' ages and everything. And they just brought this truckload of stuff over for our family and kids. Can I tell you, this is what we do. I didn't know how all of this is connected, but God will start connecting those things. I didn't do it with the motivation of I'm going to get something. It's okay to expect something, but I'm telling you when you start having a kingdom mindset and you start saying, I'm not living in lack. I want to live in abundance because God has got me covered. But the thing my wife told me, she said, if we can't give now when we don't have anything, we won't give when we do. 
And you need to hear that principle. She didn't make that up, but that's a very true statement. If you won't give when you don't have, you won't give when you do. Because it'll have a a greater uh, grip on you. The closer we get to Jesus, he redefines what can be done with and what seems to be in our minds a little bit can be more than enough. We're believing God for carpet in our new facility. Just under $10,000. I didn't come up with that price. That's what they told me. And that's actually a discounted great price compared to the other estimates. So it's the savings of several thousands of dollars. So we're, we're excited about that. We want to have carpet in July. This is what, we, you know, I, I don't do gimmicks. I don't do that. But this is what I've, I've told the church. I just said, you know what, if, if, if 100 people gave $100 in the month of June, our carpet is paid for. Now listen, above their tithe, and there will be people that will be like this, and we've already had people go, you know, I don't know, I'm not sure if I can afford $100 above my tithe. And I could say, could you do $25 a week? And they go, well, yeah, 25 times 4 is 100. But we don't see that because our mindset sees $100. Have you ever met someone that, that um, I, knew, I knew a guy that would put a, a Ben Franklin $100 bill on the outside and have a wad of ones. And the only one you saw was the bin. Well, and he'd hold up the, you know, he'd hold that money up, you know, and you'd be like, oh my gosh. Because it'd just look, there was only one of those. And the rest of them was probably about 30 ones on there. But of course, that's still, you know, that creates the illusion of that's just huge. But what I'm trying to tell you is we in our natural mind will go, you know what, I, I don't see that place carpeted. I do. Because when we all get involved and we all understand vision, we all start saying, you know, God, what's my part? You may have bigger than that. You may say, you know what, Brett, I could do more. Well, you do whatever you want. I'm not, I'm not here to manipulate you or, or tell you what to do. I'm just saying, here's the facts. Just simple math. If 100 people gave $100 in the month of June, carpet's paid for. People go, does it make a difference? Every, did five loaves and two fish make a difference? Did a little bit of oil make a difference? A little bit of flour, did that make a difference? I'm just saying, all of these things, just a little bit. What do you have? John 10.10 says, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. See, that's the devil's MO. That's what he does. I just heard Christine Kane say, you know, this is what he does, and he's gainfully employed. I mean, he just goes out to kill, steal, destroy. He goes out to, to do everything he can to stop. Everybody say, but. But God has a bigger plan. Jesus said he has come to give us life, purpose. King James says, more abundantly. Everything about God's nature is more than enough. It's overflow. It's extravagant. And we are adopted into his family. So we have the same nature as our heavenly father. There's something inside that says, I want to give. I want to help. What do I have? I want to live a life of abundance. In this last week, as I've preached last week about being ridiculously, we just want to be generous. There's been several times, and my secretary can tell you, that, you know, we, should we do this? Should we do that? There's people who have called for help. And part of me is just like, ooh, because we, we need these finances for this. But again, I'm like, God, just because my natural mind says, what do you want me to do? This is what we do. So we help people. We bless people. We do what we can and we just say, God, this is what we want. Uh, this is all I got. That's enough. 
Go find out what you have. In all the Gospels, this incredible event is recorded. And as I said before, it's recorded in one where it seems like it happens in the disciples' hands. It's recorded in this particular one. It happens in Jesus' hands. But I want you to see this. It multiplies as the word or the blessing was spoken over it in all Gospels. And that's key. It changes kingdoms when we change and speak blessing over it. So it gives us to our two thoughts for this morning. I want to live in God's abundance. Here's our first one. God multiplies what is blessed. Mark 6, 40 and 41. They sat down groups of 50 or 100. Jesus took the five loaves, two fish, looked up to heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. So when it comes to blessing, we need to speak over that. That's why when we receive offering, we speak over that. You hear me say nearly every week that it changes kingdom. And when it changes from the earth curse system, the Bible talks about mammon, the spirit of mammon. That's a spirit. That's the earth's spirit on money. So money has a spirit, and we need to break that and bring it into the kingdom of God. When it's brought into the kingdom by speaking blessing, then Jesus now, because you have the authority, that's you, you can speak blessing, and because you and that money is in your possession and your authority, now you can command what kingdom it's used for and give Jesus legal authority now to step in on your finances and make them multiply. It's the first portion of the temple. See, people will say, I've been tithing, but if you're not giving God first, you're not really biblically tithing. We need to give God the first because it takes faith to give the first portion. Returning the tithe releases God's blessing. Offering is where multiplication and all that takes place. How many knows it takes faith to give the first portion? It just takes for sometimes, oh, I need to pay the electric bill. But here's, I just got my check. I need to just... Honor God. That's what Jesus followers do. We honor God. And then watch how he multiplies. We must give with a willing heart. States that when we give, God will open up the windows of heaven and bless us. It doesn't say that Uncle Sam will bless us. It doesn't say Wall Street or the lotto. I have people that have told me, well, you know what? If you preach good and I get goosebumps, I'm going to give. Yippee. It isn't about our feelings. It's about what is right. It's about obedience. It's about saying, God, I just trust you. Those are things that Kim and I, I I can just tell you story after story. We have given and said, I don't know how this is going to get paid. And then all of a sudden we got a, we had a bill that, we needed paid when this was when we first got married and we again we started we were tithing and had a kickback on our insurance and the kickback on the insurance was the exact amount of the bill crazy how did that happen i told you the story of the ten dollars had another time where i said lord i uh, we need to feed these kids and i didn't tell our kids that you know i don't go up and tell the kids we don't have you know but oh, god i need to feed these kids if you just Send twenty dollars. It'd be awesome. We didn't say anything to anybody. Just Lord, I need twenty dollars because I can go through Wendy's with the dollar menu. And uh, and my boys liked 
to eat. And uh, so, you know, I went out after church. We didn't say anything to anybody. Went out after church and we were in, in our minds. I'm just like, okay, okay. And you kind of are hoping something happens and then nothing is happening. Have you ever been there or am I just talking to the air? Okay. So we go out to the car and we're thinking, well, okay, we're going to go home. And we're going to figure this out. We'll, we'll do something. We'll make something fun. Kim always had a way that she'd make something and we'd make it fun. When we got to the car, somebody had put a $20 bill on my windshield wiper. And it was just stuck on my wiper. Man, I was like, oh, 20 bucks. And I went out and got the 20 off. Of course, to me, now listen to me. It was 18. Because the first portion redeems the rest. So we went to the drive-thru, and we just said, okay, guys, I want you to get, we're going to get off here, we're going to get off the dollar menu, to which my boy said, why? We want a Baconator. And I said, you can get like four of these Junior Bacons for one of the Baconators. And Zach looks at me and goes, have you ever tried a Junior Bacon compared to a Baconator? And my response was, do you have the money for a, no. So we just fed them and, and we were just blessed to be able to do that. And, you know, and I had thoughts go in my mind. I wish I'd have prayed for 50 instead of 20. But I'm just saying we have tithe after tithe story of how God has just continually blessed us and continually helped us. Groceries show up. Still don't know to this day who gave them. Things like that would just happen. $500 taped to our door. You know, and we needed, uh, after the tithe, we needed 450 We just got together as a family to pray. And said, we have to believe God for this, guys. We're going to believe we have active seed. We're going to believe for $450. $500 was taped to the door when I was on my way to church. And it said to the man of God, opened it up, $500. Called all my kids back in and, and looked at that and said, look what God did. Because after we took the tithe out of the 500 how much was left? $450. I'm telling you, you cannot outgive God. You're going to have to trust him. You're going to have to believe that if you give first, that he'll take good care of you. Some of us are saying, show me multiplication, God, and then I'll give. He said, I started this by giving. I'm waiting for you to trust me. And that's where it starts. And that brings us to our second thought. God multiplies what is given away. What is blessed, and then he multiplies what is given away. So to feed the number of people in this story, it would take about three semi-trailers full of bread. He didn't do that. When we bless it, we speak over it. It changes kingdoms. The earth curse system goes to the kingdom of God. We break that spirit of mammon. Jesus now has legal authority and it gets multiplied as we give that away. Think about how Jesus followers are. The first shall be last. Find your life. You must lose it to be great. You must be a servant. It all goes against culture. It's like just petting a cat backwards. We're not made to be reservoirs of things. We were made to be conduits for the kingdom. Don't worry about what you'll eat, drink, or what you'll wear. Seek God first. All these things will be added to you. I've got this last thing, and it's the last thing on my notes. Why does God want us to give to him first? Because it is an antidote to selfishness and a death sentence to materialism. Your mindset will change. When you begin to honor God, God, you have everything I need. You supply it, so whatever you want me to give, it's yours. When you do that, you give him first, 
Watch what he'll do. He'll start living or giving you lives of abundance. You'll start seeing God just answering prayers over here and doing these kind of things. It's just amazing what kingdom living will do. It's not so that you can have more stuff. Now, you can have stuff. He's not against having a nice car, nice house, and good things, but he's going to see who will be the conduit, who will be the good steward, who wants to, I I gave that to you because I want you to give it to them. I gave that to you because I want you to bless them. And if you'll be a good steward over that kind of stuff, he can trust you. And you'll start living the life that he wants you to live. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please?